0: And welcome, my friends, to the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast. If you're left, you just ain't right. Edition number 434 on this uh, post-Memorial Day Tuesday. Hope your Memorial Day was good. You had time to reflect. Appreciate those who gave all. And to contemplate that if this country is to survive, several things must happen. Uh, We must not elect another Democrat. We must not give control of Congress to Democrats. We must elect uh, Republicans with actual spines. And we must, must have our military the strongest of any nations in the world, period. Now, let's start off right here with animal magnetism. He has a very very interesting piece up on this Tuesday. It's about the debt limit deal that, uh, well, I guess they haven't finalized it yet, but uh, old Jolt and Joe Joe Biden, President Mumbles himself, actually came off vacation, actually stopped eating ice cream and mumbling incoherently and actually got together with uh, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy and worked out a deal to avoid a Government shut down. And there's, well, there's details to this thing. And and these are the problems that Animal writes about. Now then, he writes, there is a debt limit deal and it's, drumroll, awful. As in, it sucks. It blows. It reeks. It's not good. It's bad. It's bad. It's very bad. And PJ Media's Matt Margolis reports this: the deal, which was finalized Sunday—sorry, uh, Saturday night—would raise the debt limit through the end of 2024 in exchange for a cap on annual discretionary spending for two years, while raising it one percent in 2025. A series of cuts demanded by Republicans were also part of the deal. The White House House had long opposed including spending cuts as part of a deal to raise the debt ceiling, describing such cuts as devastating. Because to the left, any any time you cut back on spending is devastating. I mean, if the Democrats were a family, they'd have a... A weekly shopping list and then they go to the grocery store and if one day they went and they discovered it well we don't need steaks this week we don't need eggs we don't need uh, toilet paper or paper towels or several items they normally get that they don't need they'd buy them anyway because discretionary spending is bad buying things you don't need bad wasting money on things you don't need bad that's to Democrats all they know how to do is spend I mean, how many times have you heard, ever heard a Democrat follow up, we have to have tax increases, of course, only on the richest of Americans. We have to have higher taxes, but spending cuts, no way. They are, well, I guess you'd say they are economic retards. The basic common sense doesn't, doesn't phase them. Because this is how they keep getting elected. They keep paying people off, basically. That's what they're doing. And then they threaten the people and say, hey, if you vote Republican, all these things you have will be cut. They'll take away your Social Security. Take away your Medicare. Take away this. Take away that. They'll take away your cat's food, your dog's treats, those evil Republicans. And too many Americans fall for it. Now, a series of cuts is included. I don't have details on those, apparently. Uh, The White House had long opposed those. We know that. Uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said, we still have a lot of work to do. How many times have you heard a politician say that? And usually it's right after they pass a 5,000-page bill that no one's read. One of those bills that is one of the reasons why we have such a damn huge deficit. McCarthy continued, I believe this is an agreement in principle that's worthy of the American people. It has historic reductions in spending, consequential reforms that will lift people out of poverty into the workforce and reigns in government overreach. There are no new taxes, no new government programs. Okay, great. No tax increases for now until the Democrats get the, get control of the Congress, God forbid, and a and president, God God forbid. Uh, no new government programs, but how much how much more bloated will the current government programs that strangle the economy and strangle American ingenuity and the principles of capitalism and Afri- how many of those are just going to increase spending? you won't get new ones, you'll just get more bloated old ones. That is my fear my friends. Uh, as Animal writes, sorry, Mr. Speaker, but you can't polish that turd enough to make us think it's ice cream. Ice cream makes me think of President Biden. President mumbles. Here are some things we don't see in this deal, Animal points out. Actual spending cuts, not references to future spending cuts or cuts in spending here. Well, look at this and that. and make up spending here or there which means they won't cut spending a damn bit. Not one damn bit. And somehow, these spending cuts will end up in spending increases. Hide and watch, because it happens about every time. Holding anyone accountable for this mess before the next election. Heaven forbid. Eliminating the 87,000 new IRS agents. Why why can't we say, you know what, that's a program that's going to cost a lot of money, bloat the IRS... You know who they're going to target? They're going to target people who can't really afford uh, a great team of uh, financial lawyers to help them get out of trouble. They're not. So they're coming after the little guy. Why don't we scrap that? And by the way, that's a completely Democratic ideal. The eighty-seven new, I- 87,000 new IRS agents. If you vote Democrat, and you complain about spending and taxes and how oppressive the IRS can be? Stop voting Democrats! Good Lord! Uh, let me see. And much more. It's a fucking joke, Animal says. The debt limit has long since been meaningless as it just keeps getting raised and raised. we still uh mortgaging our grandchildren's future. $31 trillion in debt will probably surpass $35 by the next election. And the next election is, what, two years away? Two, little over two two and a half years, I guess. These people are utterly out of control. Sadly, the founders of the republic put in place a system intended for educated, thoughtful, well-informed people, and too many Americans today are none of those things. That may be harsh, but it's true. And our lives are too busy. We don't have the energy. We don't care. We don't know. We don't bother to do anything other than, than uh, look at the headlines on the scroll on CNN or Fox or MSNBS or whatever other news source. And then we go to the tabloids and we look at, at what celebrity is banging what other celebrity. They used to bang this celebrity that's now had a sex change is becoming a woman. But is going to not be a straight woman but a lesbian and wants to have a kid by a man one day yes that's right dylan Mulvaney. literally look it up after you look something important up and after you read the dailygator.net and listen to the rest of this damn podcast i'm trying to make your life better people i am really i'm I'm a thankless servant is what i am uh let's continue to kick this pig though The Orlando Sentinel has a hit piece out on Ron DeSantis because he's a big meat eat. Uh, and it claims that DeSantis is a hardliner against LGBTQ, but he likes BLTs. So I'm just saying. By the way, if you want to make the best BLT you've ever had, step one take the lettuce, put it back in the refrigerator. Okay. Lettuce does nothing for a sandwich except take flavor away from the actual good stuff. Now, toast your white bread. I don't care if you don't like white bread. It's not good for you. It's not good. It's not that for making a BLT. By God, use white bread. Okay? When it's done to your desired level of darkness, lightness, however you like to toast toast your bread, put a generous smear of mayonnaise on both sides Get some ripe red tomatoes, slice them rather thin, put that on one side, and put uh, maybe four pieces of bacon on the other side. Cut it in half. Put a little salt and pepper in there too, and enjoy. And save the lettuce for a salad. Lettuce is great for salads. For sandwiches, all it does is get in the damn way. Let's be honest. Now that I've made the lettuce growers upset... Let's get back to this Orlando Sentinel hit piece on DeSantis. Uh, He is hard-line against LGBTQ transgenders. Aren't transgenders included in LGBTQ? I don't know. I'm not going to sound out all the letters and find out right now. And minorities. Uh, Jeffrey Schweers is a Tallahassee Bureau reporter for the Orlando Sentinel. He is no fan of Ron DeSantis, writes, uh, this is Clay Waters at Newsbusters. He marked his official entry into the presidential race with a 4,600-word story on Sunday's front page. Who is Ron DeSantis? He's the governor of Florida. He's uh, currently kicking liberals' asses in Florida. I mean, what liberal ass doesn't have a boot print? the size that Ron DeSantis wears on it right now. The Wokers at Disney? Yes. Uh, who isn't getting their butts whipped right now by, by DeSantis? The front page jump leads to a two-page spread inside the paper. Both pages headline with quotes accusing DeSantis of arrogance and bullying. DeSantis was previously lambasted by Schweers for using fear to push his hard right agenda. Isn't it amazing, these leftist columnists? They're using fear! They're using fear! They're using fear! Then you read the rest of the piece, listen to the rest of the speech, whatever, and all they're doing is is fear-mongering the whole time. But there, the conservatives are using fear, when it's really the leftists that do it. Now, this... This story begins with a reporter hassling DeSantis' elderly father for an interview. It's real classy, dude. Uh, he described DeSantis' father as a slender, elderly man in glasses and a dark t-shirt. Answers. He apologizes. He fends off a reporter's attempts to find out more about his son's evolution into an ambitious politician and conservative firebrand. And also a big meanie. Every attempt to reach out to the people closest to him, this writer writes, has been rebuffed and ignored, leaving many questions unanswered about who the intensely private Ron DeSantis really is. Somebody should go to this reporter's house, knock on the door, get his cell phone, keep calling him, keep knocking on his door every day, like three or four times, and call him four or five times a day. Hey, ask him questions about himself. And then accuse him of being mean because he doesn't want to share all of his details with everybody. wonder how it would work out for that reporter. Uh, Particularly why he, DeSantis, has taken a hard line against the LGBTQ and transgender communities and minorities and people who eat lettuce on BLTs. One of the quotes the paper found worthy of a jump page headline was this. One of his traits is that he's always been the smartest person in the room. He's talking about me. I'm just kidding. Uh, he's arrogant. People like that don't seek out mentors. That's from David Jolly. Uh, he is a former Republican congressman, Republican in air quotes. Replace that with Rhino. Congressman who served with DeSantis, briefly ran against him for U.S. Senate, got his ass kicked, and now is an MSNBS political analyst. Well, MSNBS is paying him. You think he's going to say nice things about DeSantis? I don't think so. Uh, Schwears also emphasized the gay-friendly aspect of Dunedin. Uh, this is where DeSantis's parents live and found a self-promotional person to underline that it wasn't DeSantis' country. See, his values just don't match there. And also this I skipped over, but I'll include it. Earlier this year, Schweres writes, Jolly appeared on Joy Reid's MSNBS show, where there is no joy, just rage, to claim Ron DeSantis is tapping into the bloodstream of a party that wants to take America back 50 years and he's refusing to show leadership and suggest, let's look toward the next 50. The left's going to use that line and use that line and use that line and use that line. That's what they've said about Republicans since I first remember. And they're never going to stop. <clears throat> okay, so we've got Dunedin, Florida, which is gay-friendly, apparently. Uh, where DeSantis' parents live. And this is a quote from this person who doesn't mind getting their name in the paper. Dunedin, uh, DeSantis, brother doesn't identify with Dunedin nor embrace its values, Uh, The local chamber of commerce head Gregory Brady said, we are bohemian, we are artistic and accepting and a great ally to the LGBT community. Well, it doesn't sound like you're very welcoming and accepting to people who don't, quote, share your values. Must they have a checklist they meet before you will accept them since you're so accepting? The story continues, Dundee knows much of its downtown revitalization that began in the 80s to the city's first gay bar, said Brady, who managed the bar when it opened. Over the years, several other bars followed, drawing diverse crowds from all over to participate in events like the Mardi Gras Drag Queen Contest. Sounds like a lot of fun there, huh? Uh, He said, but Brady said... He has seen the tide turn over the last two years with the passage of restrictive and punitive laws that advocates say say discriminate against the gay community. In other words, they're not flaming liberal ideas, so they must discriminate because everything the left disagrees with must discriminate because it must be painted as evil because that's how the left wins debates by intimidating people into, into... thinking they're going to be bigots if they support Republicans, when the real bigots are, well, people like this writer here. Uh, Let me see what else. DeSantis, who went by the nickname of D, could be more original, I admit, was also a bright student and excelled in history. Yet he doesn't mention a favorite teacher or book that stoked his political flames or ambitions. How dare he not mention these things? I don't know if I can go on with my day. I really don't, after knowing that. He won the APUS History Student of the Year Award in June of 1996, according to the 1997 Dunedin high, high School Yearbook. He also graduated summa cum laude with the National Honor Society status. In other words, he's smart, unlike this reporter. 25 years later, as governor of Florida, he would ban a new AP African-American studies program in class with the college board that administers the AP program and the SATC also continually mentions that not all students are cut out for college. Well, some people aren't cut out for college. Really, if you want to be accurate, I think it's fair to say that college increasingly is not uh, compatible with more and more and more people because college has become you know, indoctrination centers a place for a bunch of hack professors to make good livings and they're basically untouchable and uh, it's become a big money grab by the people who run the colleges by making students uh, able to join uh, to take majors in, in programs that will probably never do them any good but cost a whole lot of money so so Let's be honest about what college is. Of course, not everyone will do best by college. Just many people do better with vocational schools where you will graduate expert in a field able to go out and get a job right away. And you won't have a mountain of debt and you will not have had your head filled for four years with liberal, excuse me, leftist BS. Uh, so no, not all students are cut out for college. Not all students are cut out for running a family business. Not all students are cut out for going to a technical school or vocational school. Not all students are cut out for any one thing. The cookie cutter left, my friends. Here's, here's your, your piece. That's where you belong. Don't go outside the lines. That's their basic message to everybody. Uh, Schweer's also repeated a smear by the New York Times and Donald Trump. Uh, before he attended Harvard Law, DeSantis spent a year teaching at the exclusive remote Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. His memoir skipped that entire year when he taught history, uh, was a dorm supervisor, and coached baseball and football. It was also in Rome where here where, here's where the egregiously, Asinine smear comes, where the 23-year-old college grad was a, quote, frequent presence at parties with seniors who lived in town, according to the New York Times report. This is college. I'm going to break some news to you. A lot of seniors in college are 21, 22 years old, 23 years old. DeSantis was 23 years old. Huh, he might actually have friends that age at that college. Stunning, isn't it? The 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 evil that takes. Uh, one student found a note on a teacher's desk after DeSantis left, left that reminds staff that fraternizing with students, even when, after they've graduated, was inappropriate. Well, if you're a student somewhere, you graduate and later you date your professor or some other person. That's no one's damn business, frankly. You call it inappropriate, all you want. I think it's nothing more than. None of your damn business. Uh, so, it's like going to, to parties with people who are your age and your friends who ever heard of such a thing. So, but one student just found this note on a teacher's desk and read it, apparently. At least two students recalled him at parties where minors were present and alcohol was served. Well, that convinces me. Some unnamed person, two unnamed people making un substantiated claims that desantis went to a party at a college and not everyone was of drinking age and alcohol was served that's never happened at a college before it must have only happened at this college a photo that popped up on social media shows a photo of what appears to be desantis with several young women actually it's three one of whom was holding what appeared to be a beer bottle uh, Trump has seized on the governor's time and at Darlington as a way to smear DeSantis accusing him of partying with teenage girls well Trump should spend his time telling us how good a president he was instead of being uh, acting like a, a, a wet panties liberal frankly it, it, that's who Trump is okay so stop trying to sink DeSantis and tell us why you deserve another shot Mr. Trump we're all adults here so why don't you do that? Uh, Trump, again, when the allegation was, was made, DeSantis said, I spend my time delivering results for the people of Florida and fighting against Joe Biden. I don't spend my time trying to smear other Republicans. Uh, said in response to Trump's allegations, uh, but did not address whether he was in the photograph. It's a photograph of a guy at a party with three girls. That's it. Just a part, just a picture. How many people go to social media, go to Instagram and look at all the famous people, including reporters, their pictures plastered all over Instagram. That's kind of what Instagram's about of them with other people. Some of them are women. Some of them are men. Some of them may be gay. Some of them may be religious. Some of them may be atheist. Some of them may be left-handed. Tells you nothing except there's a moment in time. Here's a picture of these four or five or two people together. Seriously. And it goes on and on. It it says he might have been mean to terrorists at Guantanamo Bay. Again, just a a worthless hit piece by a worthless journalist, Uh, my friends. Now, are you lonely? No, I'm not propositioning you. Well, maybe I am. Depends. Send a picture. Uh, I wonder how many people will take that seriously. Oh, my God. He's so, so dirty. I will not let my children or my dog listen to that damn podcast. He is just vulgar. My God. Somebody give him a Bible right now. Uh, But are you lonely? Because the if you are lonely, none other than the federal government may soon be there to help you with your Loneliness, you're lonely, lonesome loneliness. From the Federalist, uh, Stella Morabito wrote this. The headline is to address the loneliness epidemic. Another epidemic? Can it just be a pandemic? I don't know. Uh, the feds want to control your town and your friends. The project is potentially so massive in scope, it's not an overstatement to say it threatens to regulate our freedom of association in shocking ways. Well, that's the ultimate goal of communism, isn't it? Uh, U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, who's a creepy-looking guy, let's be honest, recently released an advisory titled Our Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation. It warns that social isolation is a major public health problem the 81-page document presents six government-directed pillars of action to address the health hazards of social isolation. Wasn't it the, the, the government that shut us all down? Don't leave your home. No, no, you can't have family members over. Only the people who live there. No, you can't go to the store. You can go to the store, but you can't buy seeds to plant tomatoes and, and vegetables and, and stuff like that. Wasn't it the government that did that? Now the government's going to help us not be isolated. On the surface, these six directives may look innocuous, but they present a clear and present danger to the autonomy of our private lives and relationships. Uh, The project is potentially so massive in scope that it's not an overstatement to say it threatens to regulate our freedom of association in ways that we could never imagine. Uh, running short on time, so again, go to the Federalist to read this. I'm just going to highlight these six pillars. Uh, these pillars begin with building a social infrastructure. The first stated goal is to strengthen social infrastructure in local communities. It defines social infrastructure as irregular events and institutions that make up community life and says the federal government shall both fund local organizations and direct how they're structured, including their locations. This can only mean that all communities must answer to the federal bureaucracy in the quest to strengthen social connections among people. Another big brother uh, thing. And you can imagine what else they may do. And there's further definitions and quotes here. Uh, the, and it, it brings up the, the so-called 15-minute city. Uh, as well as the eventual dismantling of single-family housing because we're all a community now and you have to interact with your fellow community people. That's community brought to you by the government. That's why it's horseshit. Um, Let's move on to the next one. They want to enact pro-connection public policies everywhere. Yes, everywhere. Even in the bathroom. Good Lord, what perverts. According to the second pillar, government has a responsibility to use its authority to monitor and mitigate the public health harm caused by policies, products, and services that drive social disconnection. That's pretty much everything. Anything they want to target. Computers, your internet, your TV, whatever. how will these be tracked and mitigated it requires establishing a cross-departmental leadership to develop and oversee an overarching social connection strategy diversity equity and inclusion oh you knew that would be in there and accessibility are critical components of any such strategy uh the third one is mobilize the health sector then there's reform digital environments then deepening our knowledge and cultivate a culture of social connection. All those things, my friend. The government wants to do all those things. <clears throat> Story I didn't get to about the University of Michigan. I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And yes, if you're left, you just ain't right god bless you we'll see you tomorrow my friends uh be good take care of yourselves have a wonderful day and stay out of trouble you knuckleheads